Welcome, everyone. This is It's a PR Thing, the show that helps you build relationships that build business. We're bringing you a better understanding of what public relations is and how it can drive your business in ways you never knew it could. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. COVID-19 has really upset the apple cart for us when it comes to events. Music concerts, college football, the Indy 500, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, and even the county and the state fair. All of these have been off limits to the masses due to COVID. And it's not only affecting the fans, it's affecting the companies that manage and rely on revenue from these events. Today, I'm going to be talking with Vanessa Stiles. She's an outstanding fellow PR professional and event management expert. Vanessa and I have been colleagues in the same community for a long time. We've known each other through our local Public Relations Society of America chapter, and we work on projects together as the opportunities arise. And when we need event management expertise, Vanessa is my first call. Vanessa joins us today to discuss the current state of the events industry and how companies are pivoting during the pandemic. Welcome, Vanessa. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Stephanie? Oh, I'm I'm hanging in there. <laughs> Every day is something new and, and different. Hey, I want to thank you for being with us today. And uh, before we, we launch into this conversation, uh, just tell me what you're doing right now to keep yourself balanced during the pandemic. I'll tell you my secret is I um have created a Pandora station and I started off with my favorite comedian and it fed me other comedians and I highly recommend it. It is, I, you know, if you put your earbuds in and go for a walk, you're, I'm the crazy lady walking through the neighborhood laughing out loud, but <laughs> it is the best stress reliever. And it's actually to the point where I've heard some of the bits um, a couple of times, I still laugh. It is a good way to go. <laughs> All right. I love that. I'm going to steal that. And I bet that helps with social distancing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good. Everybody wants to All stay right. six feet away from the crazy lady. Laugh. <laughs> I love that idea. Well, I, well, before I, I, I just want to, you know, pick your brain, uh, you know, on this topic, I, I did want to thank you again for lending us your expertise and perspectives in, in this really crazy time. And, and speaking of that, how has COVID impacted the event industry? I mean, what's really going on behind the curtain out there? People have found solutions to um, have small gatherings, but those large-scale uh, community-related events just aren't possible right now. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. So, um, and, uh, and as you said, I mean, that's, that's for large-scale, so... Um, what are what are you seeing? Like, you know, obviously that's the ripple effect right now. How long do you see this potentially continuing on? Uh, how do you see that impacting events as, because uh, at some point in time, we are going to come out of this. So how do you see that, you know, possibly affecting things coming out of this as well? So there's two perspectives on that question. Um, one, um, long-term vision, um, you know, we're really going to have have to think um, that's that's far away. Um, And we're going to have to think about on that far away point when we maybe do get back to large scale, um, we're going to be revamping our vendor list because there are some businesses that just aren't going to make it 
um, we are um, going to have to um, edge back into that large scale um, capacity um, because you know we won't be able just to 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 re- restart from the, the beginning again. Um, but um, what's possible now to kind of um, be, make sure we can ease our way into um, the recovery and still be successful, you know, it's not going to be a light switch, is to think about those large-scale community events, um, how we're still touching people on those smaller, safer scales, um, and what partnerships we can create and symbiotic relationships we can create um, to kind of keep the dream alive. We, uh, we absolutely have to rethink how we think about budgets. Um, it's doable, but it's different. Can you dive into that a little bit for us? Yeah. So one example I'll give, um, you know, in our market here in central Indiana, for example, um, there is a uh, music promoter who does have a venue that's a smaller venue, specializes in smaller shows. And, uh, of course, that venue is inside. And um, what he's done is gone out and uh, gotten with his landlord and said, hey, can I use your parking lot? And that's a symbiotic relationship that he explored in order to create a safe venue outside because he can't have a venue inside. Um, and it's never, it's a conversation he never had to have with his landlord, never would have dreamed of having before, right? Because they all need parking near their establishment. Um, but it's in the landlord's best interest to keep this venue in business, right? <laughs> Um, oh, very suddenly they have, yeah, suddenly they have an outside music venue. The crowds are smaller. They've had to space out. Um, but they, they have an outdoor venue. So the musicians are still able to work. There's still revenue being generated, um, for that, for that music promoter. So I give kudos to that. To, to the company, his name is Josh. I give kudos to Josh. I give kudos to his landlord. Um, and those are, those are opportunities that exist in other ways, you know, that can translate to other industries. Um, yeah, we can't have a group of a thousand people, but can we have a group of 30? And is that investment, um, and they're socially distant. And if it's outside, like, let's do it. So when you're talking about we got to think about budgets, that's what you're that's what you're speaking to, correct? In terms of, for example, yeah. how can we making maybe the same level of revenue, but we got to look at how do we make how do we make the revenue? Um, be realistic about what what that can look like. Absolutely, revenue and um, maybe it's um, ROI, right? Like if we're if we host an event um, or to maintain um, relationships with that might be a free a free event. Um, you know, we have to rethink, okay, we can't, we aren't going to be able to have a thousand people here. So who are the, you know, the 30, the 50 that who we want to target and, and think about and invest in because we will see in a return on investment and what's that smaller scale look like, but still create a good customer experience. Um, you know, whatever it might be. So those are, those are yeah, things we're having to completely rethink. You could go into something that you and I have talked about previously um, offline and uh, where you had talked about, for example, with 
say the NFL, the NBA, uh, they have these season, obviously season ticket holders. Some people have been maybe season ticket holders for, you know, decades. Um, and some things that you had talk, talked about, you know, that they could be doing right now to enhance that customer experience, um, help to maintain that, that strong relationship, even if you can't have fans in a stadium or in an arena. Absolutely. So whether it's um, they were to have special um, visits um, with some of those season ticket holders who have you know been season ticket holders since day one, um, or when I go back to symbiotic relationships, you know, in our community, everything is centralized. So is there an opportunity for these different professional sports team teams to partner and have these different large venues that are um, uh, you know, one-on-one day of, um, day of game opportunities. So for example, um, Victory Field, which is where our, where Indianapolis's, um, uh, minor league, uh, baseball team plays, outdoor venue, beautiful venue. Um, is that something where they can partner with Victory Field and host fans there on day of game because they're limited to the number of fans they can have inside the facility. Um, there's different partner opportunities close to the stadium um, that can be created and sponsored and paid for um, and in, that are an investment not only in now, but in the future. Oh, that's a great point. That's a great point. And like you said, I mean, you have you have Lucas Oil, just for people that aren't from Indianapolis, we have Lucas Oil Stadium that's here right just on the south edge of downtown. And then as Vanessa is speaking to that, just on just literally just blocks away on the west end of downtown, we have this gorgeous open air uh, baseball field. Um, and it's just it's just a really beautiful uh, landmark in, in the city. So it's a, a great place to, to be, like you said, to bring people. And I know one thing I know we had talked about, too, is maybe looking to see what can you do on social media for some of those. Uh, again, season ticket holders is just the example I'm throwing out, but you know some things that that they would be able to do with uh, with maybe some of the players. Yeah, so um, I think you and I had talked offline, and we were we were having fun um, thinking about the different things we can <laughs> we would like to see um, as 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 fans, um, and you know this translates outside of NFL and goes into um, to all sports, you know whether it's uh, NBA or whatnot, but. Um, you know, all the data that's been collected, put it to use. When are your, when are your season ticket holders birthdays? When are your alumni donors, um, graduation dates? Um, and you know, if, if I'm a Purdue, uh, alum and, um, you know, I have the, the, the basketball team or, um, or coaches, um, you know, calling me up or zooming me with with a birthday wish. Um, that's that's pretty prime, right? So, yeah, yeah that'd be so cool. <laughs> what, suddenly, cool. that opportunity we never had the opportunity for time, right? With every everybody's so busy. So, um, when we evaluate our our budgets of dollars and ROI, it's also that budget of time and where we're investing it and how we can invest it differently you know, a, an investment in the future and it's something that we can wrap our heads around now and create those experiences because it's all about the, the fan or customer experience and yeah. we can do it. 
I, I love that. So do you have any other advice that you'd want to give to folks right now in the event industry, uh, you know, uh, about right now and just getting through it and, and then also moving forward? Yeah, I mean, we do have to be realistic about dollars. Um, but a lot of what we've talked about translates, we, you know, we have a short amount of time. So we've talked about um, some of those examples that, that we, we are, are easy. We're sports town. So, but they translate mm-hmm. over to, um, you know, tasting experiences and, um, cooking experiences and visits to, um, you know, destination locations. There's just, some of the things that we've, um, I think people are a little bit, our group zoomed out for sure. Um, so those individual <laughs> opportunities um, exist. Um, delivery to people's door exists. Um, so those type of just things that we, like, you know, going, you got to think to scale, right? There's only so much you can do. So what used to be a thousand people, maybe now is, 20 deliveries, personal deliveries for an event. Um, so those are just, you know, it translates over into different industries as well. Yeah, I think you and I talked about that a little bit offline, and I won't get deep into this. But, you know, for example, I know there was a restaurant here in town, and I know this is an event, but they created somewhat of a virtual event where they had certain nights of the week where uh, they weren't they weren't doing any curbside or, any, or uh, anything like that, but they would have a meal that you could order online all the ingredients were prepared and then you could come by a curb service and you could pick it up. And then at a certain time that night, they had a Facebook live where somebody from the restaurant was actually making that meal um, online and everybody was making it together in their home. And I thought that was just such a great way. Not only did they, and they said they had great sales, you know, so that was, that was, that, that kind of thinking uh, is, is, uh, is, I think is, is really interesting. So, and that sounds to go right along with what, with what you're advising. Well, Vanessa, it sounds like the biggest, um, and I'm going to kind of simplify this, kind of two takeaways are, one is think about scale, as you said, you know, you, you can't have big scale, but how can you do large or small scale and can you do small scale in volume? You know, like you're saying, you know, maybe you can do several small kind of like pod type events, if you will, instead of doing, you know, one large event with lots of people there. And the other thing I'm hearing uh, is uh, you got to, you got to, Think outside of the box now, like like at no other time um, than we've ever had to think outside the box. Would that be an accurate assumption? Absolutely. We are t- we're we're in the upside down. So let's go with it. Let's let's go with the upside down. When it <laughs> used to all be about volume and numbers, now you know we we talk about engagement. We talk about ex- customer experience. Let's go customer experience, but on a you have the opportunity to do it right one-on-one. Have the conversations with your customers, especially your longtime customers who already love you. It's time to revisit that. That's great. And I love the whole customer experience thing. That's something right now that I think we really need to uh, really need to emphasize. So, well, Vanessa, thank you so much for your time and, and thank you very much for your expertise. I know it's brief and I, I love talking to you offline because you have so much, much more to offer. And I just want to, Recommend to everyone, you know, um, if you're looking for somebody to do events, please contact Vanessa Stiles. She is with Victory, Victory Sun here in Indianapolis. Um, and uh, Vanessa, again, I just want to say thanks so much. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how events are held in the near future and how companies that depend on the events are, are able to adjust. 
Well, thank you, Stephanie. I sure appreciate you as well as a professional in, in all of our conversations, online and offline. <laughs> Me too. All right, great. All right, well, thank you all for listening, and thank you again to Vanessa for giving us an inside look at the event industry and the impact COVID-19 has had on it. And if you like today's podcast, please give us a like and share it with a friend or a colleague. And also visit us at McFarlandPR.com for more insights and how-to information for providing excellent public relations management. We look forward to talking with you on the next episode of It's a PR Thing. Go make it a great day.